Before we begin, just a few words about Alice. Originally from upstate New York, Alice's journey of empowerment began when her family moved to Springdale, Arkansas in 1993. From founding Springdale High School's multicultural club to mentoring underrepresented students in Blue Cliff College, Alice's commitment to equity and inclusion has been unwavering. In 2017, she played a pivotal role in establishing Springdale's first Martin Luther King Jr. Day Parade, creating a platform to honor Dr. King's legacy. Alice's advocacy extended nationally as she served as a delegate for Arkansas's with the Poor People's Campaign. In 2022, she made history as the first African-American woman to run for city, Springdale City Council, embodying her commitment to diversity and positive change in local government. Again, it is our honor to have Alice Cachuzo Colleen. The aftermath of nonviolence is the creation of the beloved community. Let us never fight with falsehood and violence and hate and malice, but always fight with love so that when the day comes that the walls of segregation have completely pumped, we will be able to live with people as their brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Beloved Community Podcast, brought to you by KUAF and the Northwest Arkansas Martin Luther King Jr. Council. The Beloved Community Podcast is designed with community in mind. We seek to highlight individuals and organizations that strive to build Dr. King's beloved community in the Northwest Arkansas region, the state of Arkansas, and beyond. Each month, you'll hear from leaders in our community working to combat poverty, racism, and equality, and promote the ideals of the beloved community where injustice ceases and love prevails. Be inspired to join the movement. Welcome, Northwest Arkansas, to season two of the Beloved Community Podcast. I am Chris Wood, Treasurer of Northwest Arkansas Martin Luther King Jr. Council. I am here with our esteemed president. The wonderful and illustrious Mrs. Lindsay Leverett Higgins. (laughs) Welcome, 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 and thank you for joining us for season two. We took a brief hiatus, but we are excited to be back behind the mic and bringing you some important conversations and dialogues about the beloved community. That's right. If you don't know, as always, we are recording uh, from the wonderful KUAF studios in downtown Fayetteville. And we have a very, very, very special guest with us this afternoon, the wonderful Miss Alice Gachuzo Colleen. I said it right. That's you got so it. Good. Thank the Lord for Google. <laughs> Google yeah. Translate. So Google good. Translate. <laughs> Alice, we are super excited to have you with us this afternoon. Um, if you don't know or if you haven't been following the NWA MLK Council, we had an opportunity to recognize Alice during our um, MLK recommitment celebration mm-hmm in 2024 and we are just excited about the work Alice that you are doing in the Northwest Arkansas community and excited to sit down and have a conversation with you about what's going on and what's happening with you in the city of Springdale what's happening with you from the aspect of Get Loud Arkansas and talking about all of the initiatives that you have. Um, If you don't know, Alice does a lot of work supporting uh, MLK in the city of Springdale. And that's how we initially got linked to Alice. And so we're just excited to talk to you this afternoon about everything and all of the great things that you have going on. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Miss President. I appreciate you. <laughs> I really I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, yeah, it's a lot. We got a lot to talk about. So let's dive. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, Alice, why don't you just begin by giving us a little bit of your origin story, um, your background, what brought you to Springdale, what, um, what keeps you in Springdale? Mm-hmm. Tell us about your family, who's your mom and them, and all. Yeah, my mom and them. You know your folks and them. Your folks and them. Um, so uh, I'm originally from upstate New York. 
Okay. Uh, moved to Springdale in 1993. I was 14 years old, really not having an option, just kicking and screaming. Mm. Um, my mom and my stepdad, um, which is my dad by any um, by any means, that's just daddy, right? Um, he had, when we were living in New York, he saw this article in the newspaper that if he got to this place called Springdale, Arkansas, hmm. he could get a job at this place called Tyson's. Hmm. And that's what brought us to Springdale. Now, the funny part is that daddy ain't never worked for Springdale or for Tyson. I don't think he ever in, <laughs> went inside of a Tyson building. Um, he ended up working for Goodyear, and he worked for Goodyear up until, what, a year and a half ago when he retired. He passed away hmm. um, from pancreatic cancer. But he, he don't know nothing about no Tyson. He wouldn't know how to get in the building. Mm. So that was, you know, kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, so we moved here from uh, New York. Um, I was 14 in the ninth grade, had never lived anywhere my whole life except for upstate New York, up by Rochester. Um, and then when we moved here, it was 100% the biggest shock of my life, I mm -hmm. think. It was different. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the thing that really threw, like just st stood out to me the most was that it was like no black people. Like that was so weird, mm -hmm. right? Um, because you know, in different parts of the country, you experience different demographics, right? And yeah. so there are parts in New York, um, especially in upstate where I live, but there are parts in upstate New York where you don't have a high population of African Americans. But me myself, I love me some me, right? And yeah. I love everything <laughs> that look like me, right? And so when I moved here. Um, I saw a lot of white folks and cows and chickens, and I was <laughs> very confused. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how we got here. I went to school at Springdale High School. Go Bulldogs. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I, I didn't go. You know, I don't have, like, a traditional, um, I guess they say a formal education is what they say. If you get a bachelor's degree or associate's or a master's, you know, mm -hmm. that's a formal education. I don't have a formal education. I have a street education. Mm -hmm. Um Nevertheless, it has allowed me to do amazing things and be in amazing rooms and meet amazing people. So I don't really focus too much on that yeah. um, because I've been able to do what I felt like I needed to do and do the work that the Lord had called me to do without that formal education. Yeah. So I ain't really worried about that. You know, it's a piece of paper as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, why do I stay in Springdale? <laughs> Father God. Mm. I love me some Springdale. Yeah. Um, on my way over here, I had actually a Mayor Sprouse, our mayor for Springdale. Um, today he issued the proclamation for Black History Month. Um, and so that's what I was doing before I got here. Mm -hmm. um, and so after that, we had went to go eat uh, at Odd Soul on Emma. And we were talking, and my friend was like, hey, I got this watermelon barbecue sauce or something. And I'm like... Okay, that's cute Burr. and everything, <laughs> but I don't eat watermelon. As strange as that may sound, right? Um, I don't eat watermelon because my second day of school um, in Springdale, first day they didn't know I was coming, so they were, they, I caught them off guard. You know you know when you catch them off guard, you know, they're like, whew. Second day, we're very prepared. Mm. And so my second day of school, I walked into Southwest Junior High School in Springdale, Arkansas, and there was a watermelon outside of my locker with a sticky note on it, mm. welcoming me to Springdale and advising me that this was my lunch. Wow. Wow. Um, oh and God. I am 45 years old, and I have not eaten a piece of watermelon since that day. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that's that's 30 years. It's 31 years, oh you know. God, um, I stay in Springdale because Springdale needs someone to literally stay there. Mm. Don't get tired. It's going to be hard. But fight, continue to fight, continue to stand there, continue to stand in the gap, continue to be that person. Um, because someone has to do it. And if someone doesn't do it, no one's really going to just step up and do it, right? And it's so interesting that you talk about your history with the city of Springdale and kind of your origin story. And you think back about Springdale's history and how at one point in time, Springdale was a sundown town. 100%. And so for anyone not familiar with the phrase sundown town, it's a town where blacks and African-Americans couldn't be, in theory, after the sun went down. 
And so when you think about that as a part of the history of Springdale and you fast forward to today in 2024 to think that outside of the Marshall Islands that we have the second largest population of Marshallese individuals in of all places, Springdale, Arkansas, yeah. or the um, largest contingent of um, Hispanic and Latinx voting contingent in Northwest Arkansas. So you just think about kind of the origin of, of where Springdale wants was to to where they are today and I think you're absolutely right every city needs an Alice every city needs that advocate that doesn't get tired that says that there is absolutely work to be done in this city and that I'm going to remain vigilant and to remain steadfast in this city in this place that I choose to call my home because I recognize that there's a difference to be made so kudos to you to the, to the work that you're doing and very much in line with this conversation and this concept of Dr. King's vision about the beloved community yes. and creating this place this environment if you will where everybody belongs everybody is a part of there's you know a place for, for each individual there's there's something for each person to partake so tell us a little bit about you from an advocacy perspective and um, some of the work that you're doing from an advocacy perspective in, in the city of Springdale um, for people who don't know you had a bid for city council yes, in the in the city of Springdale and that was just you know amazing that was that was a uh, that right there you know um, yeah amazing and crazy right <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it really was, and I was proud of myself. I was proud of my children, but I was proud of Springdale. And the reason why I was proud of Springdale is because, no, I did not win. However, myself, as an African-American female who went against three white Republican men, I made it to a runoff. Mm -hmm. My first time running, I only raised $1,400 for my whole campaign. Wow. wow. You know what I'm saying? And that was me and my children out asking people. I didn't have a campaign team. There was not bells and whistles behind me. Um, but when you do something and it's coming from the right place, yeah. you know, um, it's always going to get the message across. And so I, I feel 100% um, grateful and, and humbled and honored that I was the person who put my name on that ballot, you know, and that I was the person that, like, they saw something in me that they could follow and they were willing to follow. And so I um, applaud Springdale. I applaud the residents of Springdale. Um, speaking on that, the, I'm gonna go back a minute to just a second, you was talking about a sundown town. So a lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't know that my dad, my stepdad, daddy is white. Um, so my family was the first interracial family in the city of Springdale. Wow. When we moved to Springdale in 1993, I had never been a black and white couple living together in the same house, raising children. Mm. And so it was me and my sister. We had the two black children. <laughs> my two little stepbrothers were the two little white boys. Mm -hmm. And then you had a black mama and a white daddy. Mm. And we were the first ones to do that in Springdale. So when I think of Springdale right now, and all of the interracial couples that are in Springdale, y'all, I mean, come on now. We don't even have to speak it. We can just look at it and see the change and just see time, prayer, all of that has come together and made Springdale what Springdale is today. And now we got a long way to go, but I tell folks all the time, this ain't your grandma's Springdale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, your grandma don't live here no more, baby. This is not your grandma's Springdale. This is the new Springdale. And the new Springdale is going to represent everyone that is in it. Mm. And so that's how I, you know, I just wanted to um, touch on that because Springdale being, you know, was a sundown town, and that's such a big thing. And then where Springdale is today, to go from that to where we are today, it's amazing talk about a full circle moment like for real Absolutely. like for real for real yeah. yeah and so like a lot of people they know me but they don't really know me so they would not know that about mm -hmm. me you know what i'm saying um and i thank god that i had the ability to be raised um in a household that was multicultural because that gave me the ability to understand different perspectives and see things coming from a different light because my dad would see things coming from our perspective but then we would have to try 
and if we cared and if we loved him enough, we would have to see things coming from his perspective. Or my two little brothers, you know, my two little brothers, Brian and Wesley, they were terrorized in Springdale schools because they had two black sisters and because they had a black mama. And so, you know, we, you know, that that's just a very big part of who I am and who, you know, what makes me me. And that's why I love so hard, y'all, because I know how it feels to only leave. The only love that you actually get is the love that's coming from your house mm. because everybody outside of your house is questioning what's going on because it's so different. Mm-hmm. That's why I love. Mm. You got to. Yeah. He, he don't ask you to do nothing else but love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking a little bit more or a little bit deeper, I mean, obviously your love for the city of Springdale and just people in general exudes, even as we're talking, but having spent a little bit of time around you, I know that to be true, but I mean, with love being, I'm sure, one motivation, what were some other motivations for you in making that city council run in Springdale? Uh, one of the biggest motivations was that I am a single mama mm-hmm. who has, throughout my whole you know, um, life as a parent, I've been a single parent, who has lived check to check, mm-hmm. who has had folks speak for me and speak for folks in my community who don't really know what it's like to live um, in that kind of a life where you don't know if you, you got to choose between a gallon of gas or a gallon of milk, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do not believe that it makes any good sense for anybody to speak for someone if you don't know them or if you don't know where they're coming from or if yeah. you've never been in their situation. Yeah. And... I love my Springdale, but on our council, everyone that sits on our council has never been in this situation. They don't know what it feels like to watch your family be torn about, uh, torn apart by immigration. They don't know what it feels like to have to light candles because if you you got to figure out between you're going to pay the light bill or you're going to pay the rent. One of the two, you know, mm-hmm. so you can't pay both, right? So they don't know how that feels. And so to me, how can you speak for me if you don't truly represent me. Mm. And so that was one of my biggest motivations. I knew how it feels to be in a city where they're going to say, oh, we're doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this, but what you're doing ain't got nothing. It's not helping me. It's not benefiting me, and it's not benefiting the other 60% of the city that is living in poverty. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Springdale School District, we have the largest district in the state. We have close to 25,000 students in our district. Yeah. And of those 25,000 students, 80% of those kids receive uh, free and reduced lunch, yeah. which means that 80% of the parents <laughs> are living under the poverty. Yeah. How are you going to speak for me? How are you going to speak for my child? And how are you going to speak for my cousin if you have no, no earthly idea what it is that we go through? Yeah. And so that was one of the biggest motivations. And another motivation is because you have to have a true representation sitting at the table. Yeah. To represent the people in that city. Yeah. Um, and now Springdale City Council, we have eight council members and we have our mayor. No one on that council is black, Latin, Marshallese, Asian, Native American. None of that sits on that council. Mm-hmm. But that is what Springdale is made up of. Mm-hmm. Didn't make good sense to me. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. If you're going to speak for someone know them yeah i have history in my community my community knows me they trust me so i'm going to speak for them so that's what it was Mm. so as a part of positioning yourself to be a person of influence so that the right people are brought to the table so that the right voices are heard you're doing some work with an amazing organization get loud arkansas yes tell us a little bit about get loud arkansas and what's the mission and the premise behind the organization um who what community does it impact or what communities does it impact and what do they really seek to do yes so now I'm smiling. I don't know. Y'all can't see me, but I'm smiling really hard right now. <laughs> okay, so first I want to give mad props to Senator Joyce Elliott. Um, she is the founder of Get Loud Arkansas. Uh, Get Loud Arkansas, she founded this amazing um, nonprofit to combat voter suppression, to register new voters, to um, engage your community so that you know that your voice can be heard. Your voice is your vote. 
use it. Take back your power. And so that's what we're about. We're about giving people their power, um, giving people their vote. A lot of people believe one of the biggest misconceptions that we have found throughout, that I have found throughout my work with Get Loud is in the state of Arkansas, which each state has their own um, laws. But in the state of Arkansas, particularly, a lot of people think that if you have been arrested and you have a felony on your record, then you cannot vote. I'm here to say on the radio 100% that is false, mm. false, false. Okay, educate us. I'm at, here it come, baby. So what you do is when you get arrested, if you receive a felony on your record, every, you know, you get that felony, then you have that time that you have to serve, you have probation, you have parole, you have all this hoops and hollers that you have to jump through. Once you have served your time, Mm-hmm. And once you can show a piece of paper that says, hey, I ain't got no parole, no paper, no fines, and I paid all my fines, then you can register to vote. Mm. Okay. okay. They do not tell you that. Um, that's voter suppression. Mm. So you understand what I'm saying? Yes. When, we, when, when they keep knowledge from you that you actually should have, yeah. they're suppressing your vote. Yeah. And so that is what we are doing. We are going back and we're fighting the suppression that has been put out there. Um, a lot of people think that, oh, my God, in order for me to register to vote, I have to be 18 the day that I register. That also is not a fact. Okay. You only have to be 18 um, on November the 5th of 2024 is when you need to be 18. Hmm. You can register today all day long. And as long as you are 18, by the time it's time for the general election in November, you can vote. Oh um, and they don't tell you that either. No. You know, And so that's the thing. That is what Get Loud is doing. We're about mobilizing communities that don't usually have a voice. You look at a lot of, um, like, so I have been, this past week, I was in Camden. I was in Hope. I was in Prescott, right? And so all of these little places, very small places, um, and they don't really have people that come down and speak truth to them and give them the knowledge that they need. And that's what Get Loud is doing. I'm literally traveling all over the state, myself and my coworkers. We're traveling all over the state to make sure that people understand that they have a obligation to vote um, and they have a moral duty to vote. Mm -hmm. Me, myself, as an African-American woman, I think about my grandma, who is from uh, Claxton, Georgia, my other grandma, Allaby, who's from uh, Mississippi, and I think about my great-grandma, Marty May, you know what I'm saying? And I think about all my family members who were not allowed to do what I have the privilege to do. Yeah. Who am I to let what they did be in vain? Mm. Mm. That's not cute, and that's nothing to be proud of. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think that's 100% essential. It's necessary. My kids, my son is 16 years old. Bubba, Bubba probably can't vote for another two, three years, but that's all right. He registered. Yeah. Okay. He, he done scanned that card. Yeah. And when his birthday, when he turns 18, the state will automatically push him to the time that he can register. You know, um, community service. You have to serve your community. Yeah. All of these things um, is what Dr. King spoke of in mm-hmm. the beloved community. Yeah. Lift your community up. Love them. Serve them. Give them the knowledge. The Poor People Campaign, that was... Dr. King's founded the Poor People Campaign just a couple of months before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, before he was killed. Let's just be real about that, right? Yeah. Um, but the Poor People Campaign was about a, a, just a, a moral, just a call for a moral revival. Morally, it should bother me to watch anybody sleep on the street. Yeah. It should bother my soul right. to watch this woman and her kids sleep outside. Yeah. It should bother me that she works three jobs and still can't pay her light bill. Yeah. Morally, that should bother me. So that's what the Poor People Campaign was about. Yeah. It's just about giving um, people a voice and allowing our moral compass to be corrected so that we know how to better serve our sisters and brothers. Um, and it's an honor. It is a privilege to sit on the board and be a state delegate for the Arkansas Poor People Campaign. Yeah. You know, when I go to Washington and I stand with uh, Reverend Jackson and I stand with Reverend Barber and I represent the state of Arkansas, that's a big thing to me. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a yeah. huge thing because they're trusting in me to speak for my folks. Yeah. You know, and so, um, yeah, that's what you got. So how do you um, reconcile <laughs> your work with Get Loud Arkansas and how do I want to word this? Um, I guess reconcile is not the right word, but in your work with Get Loud Arkansas, 
particularly in Springdale, and we kind of mentioned the demographics earlier, it's heavily Latino, Hispanic, martially East, um, with a growing African-American population. Mm-hmm. And those populations still are historically underrepresented yes. um, from a power uh, enfranchisement standpoint. How can an organization like Get Loud or other organizations as well work in communities like that that need better parity um, to ensure that, like you said earlier, all voices are heard uh, and all perspectives are heard um, to a power-dominant structure Mm -hmm. um, that still exists, even though they may not be demographically still the the number power yeah well i think that the main thing um if you look on that card on that card is not exactly the best um example but everything that myself i know for like when i did my um race everything that i pushed was in english spanish and marshallese mm-hmm. all my literature get loud all of their literature is in english spanish and marshallese well i'm still working on the marshallese we have the uh Biliteracy uh, program from Springdale High School stand up. They are transferring all of our language, our literature into Marshallese. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things is that you have to make sure that everyone feels a part of. They have that's to that's feel it. welcome. That's the yeah. key. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't feel like you even thinking about them, why would they be interested in anything that you have going on? Mm-hmm. Right? And so when you are intentional, which Get Loud has been very intentional about making sure that the Marshallese have the information that they need. Um, the Spanish population has the information that they need. The black folks, you know, in Springdale, we have the information that we need. And even the white folks in Springdale, we know we want to make sure that everyone has the information. Yeah. And so when you are intentional about making sure that everyone has what they need, for one, they see that. Yeah. It doesn't take it doesn't take too many magnifying glass to see when something is intentional. And so when they see that it's intentional, they're going to Nine times out of ten, follow and see, listen, pay attention, and engage. Yeah. And so you just have to. Re- I tell folks all the time when you lay out that road, you lay out that map. You got to make sure that map is right. You got to make sure that they feel like they have a spot on that map. Because if I'm trying to put my foot on, but I don't even know if you want me on there, but I'm just gonna go and walk away. I'm going mm-hmm. by my business. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I think that once we do that. And everyone knows that they have a a voice that can be heard. Then we can build each other, yeah. And we can lift each other so that everyone can have that seat at the table. Yeah. I tell folks all the time, I ain't worried about nobody giving me no seat at no table, because what they fail to understand is that I will cut a tree and make my own seat. <laughs> Come on, that's what they need to understand about Alice. Alice will cut a tree. She will make her own table. Look, that's I'll be sitting there. It might not be have but two legs, but I'm gonna be in it. It's a table. <laughs> That's like Shirley Chisholm. Do you hear what they I say? They don't give you a seat. You better go on ahead and get it. You better you put that thing on over there to that table. So it's interesting that you talked about this concept of coalition building and community building and making sure that everyone, when you lay out this roadmap, that everyone is engaged and everyone understands how they're interconnected into whatever the greater plan is. And so when you think about that in relation to this concept of the beloved community, it really involves this collaboration. So how do you really foster those relationships and build those bridges with those diverse groups in Northwest Arkansas? Because as we think about your bio and think about the work that you're doing specifically in Springdale, but across the Northwest Arkansas community and across the greater community, you have so much interconnectedness into the Latinx and the Hispanic community, into the Marshallese community. So how are you building these bridges to make sure that everyone is interconnected okay so it kind of started when i was in high school like i was telling you know um literally there was only two black students that graduated in my class um dr jones the musical professor at the university his son Mm -hmm. wade and i we graduated (laughs) class 97 stand up um chalessa chalessa his sister uh she was the oldest so she graduated in 95 yes coletta graduated Mm -hmm. in 96 coletta graduated with my sister and so there were literally five of us, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so my junior year of high school, we started the Springdale's 
school, uh, the Springdale High School Multicultural Club. Mm. Okay. 30 years later, the founding members of that club, we are still best friends. Oh, wow. And wow. so you have Myra Carrillo. She ran for Springdale City Council the year before I did, two years before I did. She is a founding member. Uh, Nelda Isiota, she is a Marshallese girl. She is a founding member. Mm. And so we are all still very good friends. My kids call them their aunties. Their kids call me their aunties, you know. And mm-hmm. so because we have kept this relationship for over these years, we've been able to watch what happened in Springdale, what needed to happen, and that's allowed us to have these connections. I have a connection with the Latinx community. Half of it is because my kids are half Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have the ability to go into rooms that most African Americans don't have, you know, not, I, how do I say, not the ability, but they're not as confident because they don't have that connection. Mm-hmm. But because I have that connection within my house, and then I have that connection from childhood, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. has allowed me to get where and navigate through these things. Same thing with ACOM. Melissa Leilan, she's the founder of ACOM. Melissa, a lot of people don't know that Melissa's son, her oldest son, Zay, who goes here uh, at the university, he's half black, right? Mm-hmm. And so me and Melissa talk a lot about what he will need to navigate through the world as a black man because when he leaves Northwest Arkansas, they're not going to see a Marshallese baby. Mm-hmm. They're going to see a black man. Mm-hmm. His head, <laughs> baby, trust me, they're going to see a they gonna see a black man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be real about that, you know. Um, and so we have these connections, and that's how I'm allowed to have all these other connections. I've been there since I was 14. They can't tell me nothing about Springdale. See, I'm not someone who moved to Springdale in 2000. And I didn't move to Springdale in 2010. I've been there since when I ain't had no business being there. Mm-hmm. I was there, right? Mm-hmm. And so that has allowed me to have these connections because when we started that program in 96, it was about 15 Spanish kids in Springdale. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. My my graduating class was two black folks, like 15 or 16 Spanish kids, and maybe seven. Nelda, Wilbur, Franti, Josh, Jacob. Six. Six Marshallese students. Mm-hmm. And because it was just us a little bit, we felt so out of place. Yeah. We clinged to each other. We became family. Yeah. You know, because we all didn't have a group to belong to. Yeah. So we belonged to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the years, that has allowed us to just have the connections and better build. Um, because I remember when you was the only one. And you remember when I was the only one. And we were there for each other. And so we continued to be there. Mm. And so that's where the connect. That's where the relationships come from. That's where the connections come from. Um, like my ability to speak Spanish. I thank God for that. Most black folks don't have that. They can't just walk into a, you know, um, a, a, a Latinx community and just be like, and be done with it, right? Mm-hmm. But I have that, and I thank God for that, because me having that means that my community is going to have that. That yeah. means that I'm going to be able to go and speak for my African-American brothers and sisters who don't feel as um, as strong of a connection. They don't feel like their voice is going to be heard, but I'm going to go and be able to convey that for them because I have that connection. Yeah. The Marshallese community. I can go um, to ACOM. I can walk up in their office right now, but I have that connection. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what it is. So what are your thoughts on, and you mentioned connections. I think it's a good segue to this next question. What do you feel are, what do you think is needed uh, moving forward um, to help better solidify, build up, our communities, particularly from a minority perspective. Um, so what do you think is needed Ooh. in a Springdale or Northwest Arkansas in general um, for our communities to be put on better footing and in a better, better, better parity? Be at the table. In Northwest Arkansas <laughs> or Springdale. Um, I think that the, the one thing that we need is that we have to realize that we are so much more alike mm-hmm. than we are different. Mm-hmm. Um, You have a Spanish, you have a Marshallese, you have an African-American, right? But at the end of the day, we are all minorities. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to be willing to learn something about me that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I have to be willing to learn something about you that I don't know. 
We have to be willing to stand for each other, even if it ain't got nothing to do with you. And I tell people that all the time. When you stand for something that has nothing to do with you, that actually speaks more about your character than if you're standing for something that has something to do with you. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So me, myself, I'm blackity, black, black, black. Thank you, Jesus. Right? <laughs> um, but I do fight for the Latinx community. Mm -hmm. um, halfway before, because my kids are half Latinx, but before I had my kids, I fought for the Latinx community because it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah. Um, Marshallese community, they have to learn how to fight for a community that's not theirs. The Spanish community, you have to learn how to fight for a community that's not yours. Mm -hmm. When you learn how to come together and stand on that line for something that is not based on your color, mm. but based on what you deserve and what you want and what you thirst for, mm. that's solidly. So I ain't got to know you and you ain't got to know me, right? But if we stand in just like that, we ain't got to have nothing in common. The only thing we got to have in common is that we both belong here yeah. and we both are promised that and we're not going to leave until we get it yeah um and i think that once they once we as a people spanish people black folks Marshallese people um once minorities come together and truly realize that it is us against once you realize it is us against us against i know that sounds crazy but it is what it is us against you have got to realize that us does not us does not mean us as a black person, mm -hmm. us as a Marshallese, us as a Latinx. Us means us as a people, mm -hmm. and it's time for us to take our seat. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're going to be able to take our seat is if we actually come together. I don't care about you doing your hair, but let me talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, that, that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to consciously come together and worry about something that doesn't have to do with you. Hmm. If it ain't got nothing to do with you and you're worrying about it, you're on the right way. But if you look at it like I have, one of my sisters is literally probably one of the most selfish people I've ever met in my life. And I'm just being real about it. She will sit there and she will watch this woman and her child sit on the side of the road. And my sister will actually eat in front of them. Because hmm. she'll say, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Hmm. And I tell her all the time, that's why you have the luck you have. Because when you look at somebody and you know it ain't got nothing to do with you, but you still doing the right thing, come on now. Mm. Lord, don't bless no mess. Mm. Yeah. True. <laughs> he just don't bless no mess. Absolutely. And you never know what situation <laughs> no. you're going to find yourself yeah. in. And so yeah. I think you're spot on. It's about ensuring that we have that compassion for an understanding about what's happening in our community. And that understanding to see that we have the responsibility to help meet the unmet need, that you have to get outside of self. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there are a lot of things that happen to each of us individually. There are a lot of things that happen in our households every day. But we understand the task that we've all been assigned. Mm -hmm. And it's about... Um, that coalition building, it's about that community building. It's about helping to bridge the gap, meeting the unmet need, and helping to create this inclusive space in this community where people feel that they want to be engaged, right. where people feel that they want to be belong. Mm -hmm. And that's not everybody's lot in life, but I think we're all sitting in a, yeah, no, in a, in a similar situation yeah. where we've yeah. been assigned that role and that responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about just getting outside of self and asking self, how do you become this conduit for greater good, if you will. And yeah. that's absolutely, you know, listening to you talk, that's absolutely what you're doing here in Northwest Arkansas, what you're doing in the city of Springdale, and even even in the, the greater community. I appreciate that. Thank you for um, for seeing that in me and, and for understanding, you know, that's what I want to give. I just want to give love. Um, <laughs> and, and my video, which is so crazy because the MLK um, – the council that day I received the recognition and so I was sitting backstage so I didn't get to see my video right so you know you tape your video <laughs> yeah but then you don't get to see your video until it's played you know <laughs> but I was in the back and so I didn't get it but I do remember actually when I was taping it um and there's not much I remember of that day because y'all I was so tired I had just got back from Jamaica like literally that day oh wow um and so one thing I do remember and this is something I tell people all the time and it is one of Dr. King's quote, is that it is a cruel just to say to a bootless man that he ought to list himself up by his bootstraps. Mm -hmm. 
And that could not be a more true statement. Mm -hmm. Shame on you for thinking that this man with no boots, he ain't got no shoes. How he going to lift himself up, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when you really just give, you're giving them those boots. Like you're for real giving them those boots. And I said that in my video, but that was that's for real how I feel. When you pour into your community, baby, you're giving them what they need to be that person, to be a successful member, to retain the knowledge, to obtain the knowledge, to be a member of society. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing Dr. King would say is that you can't ride a man with his back straight up. That's right. right? So when you give folks the information... You hug somebody, you tell them, hey, I'm proud of you. You're doing good. Keep going. That back's going to get a little bit straighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That back is going to get a little bit straighter. And I truly believe in that. Like, you just have to love folks. Some folks don't even know what love feel like. Mm. You know? You got to love people. Yeah. Like, you just do. I don't know. I don't know any other way. I don't know no other way. I hope don't nobody ask me to do nothing else because I don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh, get somebody else to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So one of the things that we didn't touch on today, and I don't want to close without definitely thinking about or having some conversations about, is the work that you do with the Unity Love Creation Organization. Yeah. And so something that I know that is very near and dear to your heart and is really the catalyst for the MLK celebration that happens in the city of Springdale. And so as I've listened to you talk throughout um, our conversation this afternoon, um, that gets done with no resource. And so that yes. gets done yeah, with yeah. money from your personal pocket. Mm. That gets done with money from generous contributions from the Northwest Arkansas community, from yeah. sponsors, yeah. from individuals. Tell us a little bit about um, Unity Love Creation and, mm-hmm. and the premise behind that organization and what you guys are doing. <laughs> that my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just tell you, Unity Love Creation started um, me and my three kids, which y'all, my kids are literally my world, mm. right? It's just, it's us four against the world, you know? Um, and so one day we were sitting at the house. We were sitting, and I lived at the Crutcher Street Apartments, little itty-bitty apartments on Crutcher Street. And I said, y'all, you want to have this MLK celebration? And they were like, yeah. I was like, not for real. And they were like, yeah. And so the next day we went to city council, like literally, like I called city council and I was like, hey, what? when is y'all's next meeting? And like, what time is it? And oh, it's they tomorrow. Told me. <laughs> they were like, it's tomorrow at 530. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll be there. And so I got there, y'all, and I was scared. I was sitting in the back row and I was shaking, like visibly shaking. And my daughter pushed me to the front. She's like, nah, we here now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw you don't got everybody at the house. <laughs> you going up there. Um, and so that's how it started. The Unity Love Creation literally just started by me wanting to do this MLK celebration and wanting to unify our community and love on folks. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. And, yeah, it it is my own finances. Um, I ain't too proud to, 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 to be real about my situation, you know. Um, the first year that we did it, I had $240 of food stamps. Wow. And that was the very first year. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know if anyone was going to show up. Um, it snowed that year, mm-hmm. but they still showed up. Mm. Um, and so every year after that, I have started, you know, I like the first year and the second year, it was all me, um, financially, everything came out of my pocket. Um, and then the second, the third year, um, I asked Nate Walls, uh, from second health, secondhand smoke, mm-hmm. you know, if I could pay him to cook some food. And so I went and got the food and then he cooked it. Um, and then now, uh, Tyson, you know, they donate a little bit of food every year, um, uh, uh, Harps in Springdale, they always give me like a little cake or something, you know. And then we have our community members. I, because I'm not a person, I'm just one person, right? And the organization is not a, a 503C, it's just Alice and Unity Love Creation and her little children, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and because we, it's not, you know, a f- official um, nonprofit, I can't get all of the funding that I think it deserves, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I just, put a GoFundMe up every year, and I asked for, like, $800 or $1,000. Like, I don't ask for too much, 
Um, I just want enough to make sure that we have a great day for these babies and make sure that they um, remember the MLK celebration for this year and then look forward to coming to it next year. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're doing. And, and hey, how I, it ain't me. Um, pastor Marcus Crothers, he was our, he was my pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he left here about three, four years ago. But Pastor Marcus told me, he said, um, you know, Alice, he called me over there after church one day. He called me to, <laughs> to the little pulpit thing. And he said, uh, you know, the Lord got a charge on your life. And I literally thought he was like, you know, you can't say the pastor smoking dope, but I thought, maybe, you know, <laughs> you might be smoking. You want something. Bro. <laughs> you know, you might be smoking. I don't know, you know. Um, but he did. He told me that. He said, the Lord got a charge on your life. And I don't know what you got going on, but I am I am really telling you that you should probably listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm still here, faithfully, mm-hmm. because I took heed to what he said. And even when I don't know if it's going to happen, even when I literally don't have any idea, even when I'm like two days away from the program and ain't made a paper, ain't made a flyer, it still happens. Because mm-hmm. I'm following... What he told me to do, he ordered my steps, and I reckon I'm just gonna follow him. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Wow, man. Well, um, I don't know about anybody else, but this has been an exhilarating conversation. Absolutely. Um, with with Sister Alice, um, Alice, how can people contact you, get in touch with you? You have a website. Okay, so don't give like them your phone. Whole phone bunch, number, all right, so right, get your pen out, get your pen and your paper. Just, okay. So. They, they can hit rewind, uh, hit rewind. Go back 10 seconds. On they were like, hold on, wait a minute, what she said? Hold on. Okay, so um, for my personal, for Alice, you can, um, phone number 479-353-7994. Email is a G-A-C-H-U-Z-O-C-O-L-I-N at Gmail. That's personal. Professional is going to be Alice at GetLoudArkansas.org. They can also look up the Unity Love Creation, which is on a Facebook page. Um, And, yeah, all that good stuff. Just (laughs) holla at me. (laughs) You also can reach out to the Get Loud Arkansas yes. organization at yes. getloudarkansas.org, correct? Yes, getloudarkansas.org. And if you need to register, if you know anyone that needs to register, please do not hesitate to um, contact us. Go to that link. You'll be able to scan a QR code. You can literally register to vote within two days, or excuse me, within two minutes. I do want to make sure that you guys understand. Um, just some real quick housekeeping, as they call it. Um, the last day to register to vote for the primaries is February the 5th. Hmm. March the 5th is the primary. If you cannot register before February the 5th, that is fine. You can't vote for the primary, but you will be able to vote for the general election, mm-hmm. which is November the 5th. Mm-hmm. So if you're not registered today, tomorrow, if you're not registered by Monday, that's okay. You can't vote in the primary, but you will be able to register and vote um in the general. The QR codes that we have on our literature for Get Loud will literally, it's the state ballot, um, excuse me, the state uh, form that you fill out to register. So you literally, it takes, boop, 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 you're done. We also have another QR code that will show you your sample ballot. So you're going to scan that QR code. It's going to ask you your name. It's going to ask you your date of birth after you put that in. It is literally going to pop up the ballot for your precinct where you live. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't understand it. When you go into the ballot, um, excuse me, when you go into the ballot box, when you go into the box to cast your vote, they're thinking one or two names. Okay, I got to vote for this person for president and this person for the governor. But then they, they forget about the judges and the city mm-hmm. council members and the circuit court. And the, the, they forget about yeah. all that mm-hmm. good stuff, right? And they're not thinking and locally. Mm-hmm. Not thinking locally. And what they fail to understand is that your local elections are 100%, 100% going to dictate your federal elections. Mm-hmm. And they need to really pay attention to that. Like, there's no way around that. Um, and so when you scan that QR code, you will get that information. That is information that you should definitely look at so that you don't find yourself caught off guard when you walk into the ballot box and you're looking for two names and there's 20. 
So we would just encourage everyone to make sure that you know your voter registration status. Yes. Understand where you're voting, what your voting precinct is, do your homework, get educated on the candidates on the ballot, and ensure that you understand what's necessary and what's required to be an active and engaged uh, participant in the process. So if you don't know your status, um, we encourage you to work through Get Loud Arkansas to understand if you're registered, if you're not registered, get registered so that you can lend your voice to the process. Yes, because mm-hmm. your voice is very valuable, and um, we need it. That's right. So before you leave, we always like to do a little fun, what we call Fast Five, (laughs) with everybody (laughs) who comes on on the podcast. So let's see if we can see what we can come up with with our come up with for our Fast Five. So. Oh, God. (laughs) Valentine's Day or Black History Month? What happened? Valentine's Day or Black History Month? Blackity black, black, black. (laughs) Malcolm or Martin? Don't do that. Don't do that. I was like, uh, don't do that. I don't do that. Which one? Do I get to explain? You can. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, you could be both. Yeah, I'm a little bit of both. I'm a, I'm a little bit of both. Um, Martin, reserved, understanding. Malcolm, by any means necessary, don't take me there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did that make any sense? That, I got it. Okay. Yeah. English or Spanish? Spanish. Okay. Why it's, Spanish? Um, because it truly, honestly, is the predominant language in this country. That's first. Um, a lot of people don't, but it actually is the most spoken language in this country, and because it's pretty. Okay. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Jamaican food or Mexican food? Jamaican food all day long. <laughs> What's your favorite? Um, I make a killer, killer curry goat or curry chicken, oxtail. I like saltfish and ackee. Oh so, like, God. because my fiance is Jamaican, I eat, like, real Jamaican food. So, like, I love me some ackee and saltfish. Sometimes, like, when I go to Jamaica, I freeze the ackee and bring it back. Um, That's good stuff. It's really good stuff. When is dinner at the uh, Colleen house? <laughs> I always look forward to <laughs> Easter, to yes, a g- cocoa bread, to yes. bun oh. and cheese. <laughs> yeah, girl, what you know about the bun and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you are giving me all of the food vibes. Okay, last five five question. Purple or red? Purple. Royalty. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, guys. Another exhilarating episode of the Beloved Community Podcast. Be sure to follow us on our social media sites and be sure to continue to engage with the Northwest Arkansas Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Council. I'm Lindsay Leverett Higgins. I am Chris Seawood. And we will see you in the beloved community. Bye-bye. This was fun. <laughs> Yay, thank you. This was so much fun. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs>